Welcome to Lifelines, a radio program of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, and a blessed new year to all of you from the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation family. We have a great show for you today, but first, the headlines. The theme for the 2018 March for Life, which will be held Friday, January 19, 2018, is Love Saves Lives. The March for Life is an opportunity for hundreds of thousands of pro-lifers from across the country and around the world to gather in Washington, D.C. and be a voice for the voiceless. There will be a rally at noon, followed by the march, which begins at 1 p.m. on Constitution Avenue and travels up to the U.S. Supreme Court. If you are attending this year's event and are interested in traveling with a group of pro-lifers near you, Call the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation at 717-541-0034 or email lifelines at paprolife.org to find out if there is a bus going from your area. Join with others in reminding people that there is always a reason to choose life. If you are facing an unexpected pregnancy or you know someone who is, Please know that there is always someone available who can help you and your baby. Pennsylvania is home to more than 200 pregnancy help centers, which offer everything from comprehensive counseling to baby car seats, from mentoring to maternity clothes. You can find a helpful, non-judgmental person who will listen to your fears and help you to rebuild faith in yourself so that you can make life-affirming choices for yourself and your baby. To find the nearest pregnancy center in your area, please visit our website at www.paprolife.org. With just a few clicks, you can locate someone who will help you throughout your pregnancy and beyond. No pregnant woman in Pennsylvania should feel as if she is alone. There are so many people who will love you and your baby. The Pennsylvania House of Representatives recently overwhelmingly passed Senate Bill 3, which would have protected preborn babies in Pennsylvania from having to undergo brutal dismemberment abortions. The legislation would also recognize advances in medical technology that allow doctors to save tiny premature infants and change the abortion limit in Pennsylvania from six months to five months gestation. Despite strong support for such a ban, especially from Pennsylvania women, Governor Wolf tragically decided to veto the bill, dooming these precious preborn babies to a horrific and barbaric death. This fatal decision by Governor Wolf proves he is radically pro-abortion, and will do whatever it takes to help his pro-abortion campaign supporters such as Planned Parenthood. It is imperative that we remember Governor Wolf's deadly decision next November when he is up for re-election, and in the meantime, that we continue to remind people that they can always choose life. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently released their abortion report for 2014. The report showed the number of abortions in the United States has declined to the lowest number in four decades. Even more significantly, from 2005 to 2014, the 
percentage of abortions by adolescents aged 15 to 19 decreased by over one-third, and their abortion rate decreased by almost half. One great source for young people considering abortion is the website teenbreaks.com, which is designed for teens and young adults to provide them with information on topics like pregnancy, abortion, and adoption, among others. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation partners with teenbreaks.com, with which each month receives almost 8,000 visits from young Pennsylvanians at their greatest moment of need. If you know of a young person struggling with these issues, please encourage them to visit teenbreaks.com and remind him or her that there's always a reason to choose life. And now to our guest. With us today is Eric Failing, the Director of Social Concerns at the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference. While the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is a non-sectarian organization with members of all faiths and some of no faith at all, we often partner with like-minded organizations such as the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference when it comes to advocating for laws and public policies that promote and defend the right to life from conception to natural death of all citizens in Pennsylvania. It's great to have you with us today, Eric. Thanks, Thanks for coming in on your day off. I appreciate <laughs> that. And welcome to Lifelines Radio. Matt, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation. Very happy to be here. Well, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference? Sure. What is it? Yeah. What does it do? Sure, absolutely. So the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference, we're actually the public affair arms of the Pennsylvania Catholic bishops. Um, so we have 10 different dioceses, Catholic dioceses, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Okay. Eight of those are Latin Rite. Um, they are fully contained within the state. Okay. Two are actually Byzantine Rite dioceses with the Apostolic Says in uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Okay. So we, at the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference, we set broad objectives and um, highlight particular issues of concern. Um, but we're really the voice of the bishops in the okay. state. Okay, great. Well, we appreciate that. Tell me, the department you lead is the Department on Social Concerns. Correct. What does that mean? What is that department in charge of? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, <laughs> you know, when, when we advocate issues up on the Hill, what we're really advocating for is um, to preserve life uh, and to protect the, the dignity of all life from natural conception and natural death. Sure. That's, that's what we do. Sure. Um, we have several major um, uh, arms of the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference. We have one arm... Um, through the PHCA um, that deals with healthcare issues. Okay. We have another arm that uh, really specializes in education issues. Okay. Uh, the Department of Social Concerns is going to cover a wide breadth of issues from pro-life, um, hunger, homelessness, poverty, sure. um, uh, dignity of the human soul, mm -hmm. uh, the, the dignity of the human life and how it's treated, sure. um, immigration, you name it. Um, that sort of falls under the umbrella of social concerns. Okay. Sounds like it's Quite a lot to cover. It's a lot. Lots it's to a keep lot. you busy, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. But, uh, you know, we, we live in a society, unfortunately, that um, uh, many in society have lost their moral center. Sure. Uh, we've, we've lost our, our direction. Yeah. Um, and the beautiful thing about uh, about my position, um, as well as the other folks at, at PCC, but, but speaking for myself, is, you know, I get to go to the Capitol every day, and I get to talk to 253 legislators and their staffers who... Honestly, I honest to God believe are trying to do the right thing. Hmm. It's just temptations hit people. 
Sure. Um, people rationalize poor decisions, mm -hmm. and they just need to be reminded of what the proper way is, the proper truth, and uh, what life they should be living. That's well said. Thank you. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you're fairly new to the, to the conference. What's your background? How long have you been with PCC? Sure. Fairly new to the conference. I actually started back in April of 2017. Um, dream job, you know, come true. <laughs> um, I've been in, in uh, Pennsylvania government and politics for about 25 years. Okay. Uh, originally starting um, actually right out of undergrad. Uh, I went to Westchester University and uh, went over to Widener Law after that. But, but okay. during that transition, I was also working for the Pennsylvania Senate. Okay. Um, left the Senate, uh, went to work for a, um, a prior administration, doing work with them. And then uh, after that, uh, lobbied for a time. Um, <laughs> I was lobbying in Pennsylvania, uh, in Maryland. In Washington, D.C., both federally and at the district uh, D.C. council level, uh -huh. um, and then went into the uh, into the press side covering legislative politics. Went to the dark side. Well, yeah, media. yeah, went, went to the media. <laughs> you know, I, I worked for a company. We we covered everything in government from a uh, a no spin angle. Sure. Um, was there for the past 12 years. Had a wonderful time there. Um, it was a great company. Uh, but when this opportunity came up, I, I just I. I felt compelled and uh, directed by the by the good Lord that this is what He wanted me to do. That's good. And uh, I have never looked back. Well, we're glad that you did. <laughs> now I understand you're also very involved with Knights for Columbus. I, I know am. Yeah. You recently invited our executive director Michael Chico Chopo to speak at your local council meeting. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the Knights of Columbus and their sure. pro-life work? Sure. Knights of Columbus, uh, it's a Catholic um, uh, men's fraternal organization uh, founded by um, Father McGivney. Um, really, the, the thrust of the Knights of Columbus is to do charitable work. You okay. know, we, we, we gather together, um, helping both the community, internationally, and, and at the parish level. Um, pro-life is, is the leading cause uh, for the Knights of Columbus, the leading okay. thing that we work on. Um, you know, I, when I first joined the Knights of Columbus, and this was many, many years ago, my, <laughs> my boy was young at the time, and he said, why are you joining, sure. um, you know, a group like this? Because he was, you know, he was at the age when he was thinking about leaving the Cub Scouts, and he wanted to know why Daddy was going to join, you know, a right. group that he kind of thought was the same. And I said, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're called on by Jesus to live this, uh, this lifestyle. Right. And and I always look at Catholicism as a lifestyle choice. It's not sure. a Sunday activity. It's a lifestyle choice. Right. Um, and it's a wonderful, beautiful lifestyle choice, but it's a difficult one. And the best way for me to attempt to live it is to surround myself by like-minded individuals who right. are striving to do the same thing. Right. Um, and that's really what the Knights of Columbus has, has provided me, You know, a bunch of like-minded men who are trying to do the right thing. Uh, we fall. We get back up. We encourage one another. Um, but we, uh, we advocate for, for what is right and proper. That's great. So. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, um, let's talk about some pro-life legislation mm -hmm. for a few minutes if we can. Sure. Um, I know one of the pro-life bills that we at the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation worked on, uh, with you, uh, over the past year or so was, uh, Senate Bill 3. Right. Uh, and its right. companion bill in the House was... House Bill 1498. That's right. Um, this Senator, Senator Brooks and uh, Representative Rapp. Yep, yeah, right. absolutely. This was a bill that would end the brutal and barbaric practice of dismemberment abortion. Correct. Um, maybe let's start with, can you describe for our listeners what a dismemberment abortion is, 
Why why do we describe it as brutal and, and barbaric without getting too graphic? Because we don't know if anybody's still eating breakfast. You know what? It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's absolutely horrific. Um, you know, if if it was if this was something that occurred to people that you could see, people who had been born, um, it would be immediately condemned by everybody in society, by the United Nations, um, the cruelest of, of uh, you know, despots and dictators don't even do this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're not getting overly graphic, but dismemberment, uh, abortion is exactly what it sounds like. It is, it is going in with a, uh, a sharp instrument and it is literally cutting a human being, a live human being, uh, into little pieces mm. and um, letting them bleed out to die and then extracting the body parts from the mother. Yeah. Um, I'll go so far as to say this. I'm, I'm a sportsman. And um, the idea of, of capturing an animal and cutting off the leg of the animal in order for it to die would be unthinkable. Sure. I would be thrown in the jail for animal cruelty. Oh, yeah. Um, to do that to another human being, there is absolutely no justification for it whatsoever. Sure. To do it to an innocent baby is beyond reprehensible. Yeah. Um, how our society can tolerate such a thing. There, there, there are no justifications for that. Right. I think, I mean, I think earlier this year, the legislature passed and Governor Wolf signed a bill protecting uh, dogs yes. from certain types of, of treatment, yeah. including being left out in the cold too long. That, that's right. That's right. But yet we do this to, to innocent babies. It's it's just, it's incomprehensible. Yes. Um, can you talk about where we are with that bill a little sure. bit now? What's sure. going on? Sure. So Senate Bill 3 was introduced by Senator Brooks uh, in the Senate uh, early in the year uh, when our, our legislative session started. Um, it rapidly went through the Senate. We were very happy about that. It came over to the House. Uh, we were advocating for, for rapid movement in the House. We sort of got caught up in the whole budget delays <laughs> yeah. um, that, that stymied Pennsylvania for a while. Uh, but as soon as the budget was done, I mean, our, our pro-life legislators jumped right on the ball and they said, you know, let's, the budget is done. Let's pick up the most important issues and move them forward. And, and yeah. God bless them. They picked up this bill. Because yeah, uh, they know, they understand just how horrible this is. Right. Um, this this dismemberment of, of innocent babies. Um, we, uh, with the help of uh, Representative Baker, we got it through the uh, the House Committee. Uh, we got it to the floor. Um, we had a, a large number of Republicans um, uh, and Democrats, you know, advocate for us uh, in the House on this one. Um, a lot of uh, courageous men and women stood up on the floor of the House to argue on behalf of Senate Bill 3. And I say courageous because um, this is a, a political hotbed of a topic in, yeah. in some legislative district. We are coming into an election year. Yeah. They will lose votes by, by actively um, advocating for what is right and what is just um, and what should happen in our society and what should not happen in our society. So um, God bless them for, for having the courage to, to do that, to, to let the Holy Spirit guide their their, their words. Um, and we got it through the House. Um, went to the governor, and um, he vetoed it. It's, uh, it's very disappointing. Um, it's troubling. It's upsetting. I mean, there's a lot of words um, you know, that kind of go through your mind about heartbreaking. why heartbreaking, why the governor would do such a thing. 
Um, I guess what I would ask everybody to do um, is to say a prayer for the governor. Hmm. Say a prayer for the governor. Say a prayer for all those legislators who voted against Senate Bill 3 in the House and the Senate. Um, we talk all the time about protecting the babies, and we need to. We sure. need to. Absolutely. These, these innocent children who have harmed no one. Um, but there's another loss here, and that is the damage to the souls hmm. of these legislators who, for whatever reason, these poor misguided souls have uh, voted for the death sentence of these children. These are these are souls that are in jeopardy. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for their conversion. Uh, we need to save everybody. You know, that's that's our Absolutely. that's our position. Um, sure. The dignity and the, and the importance of all souls from natural conception to natural death. And that includes those who, who disagree with us and have gone against us. We, we need to pray for them most especially. Absolutely. When I think something that you said there was was especially important. This bill received bipartisan support. Yeah. Uh, and in today's world, that's yeah. becoming more and more rare, sadly enough. Yeah. But there were Republicans and Democrats right. that not only voted for this bill, but um, spoke eloquently mm-hmm. um, defending this bill and, support, and supporting it. And I think that's a, a, a powerful thing. It's very important to keep in mind. Perhaps one of the greatest travesties and tragedies surrounding pro-life is the fact that it's become a political issue. This is not a political issue. This is a life and death issue. Um, This is not a political football. It should not be a political football. This is not, I root for the Steelers or I root for the Eagles, regardless of, of, of what my team is doing. You know, it's not that kind of an issue. Um, this is serious, folks. This is this is life and death of innocent children, of innocent babies, and um, it should not be politicized. Absolutely, absolutely well said. Things here. Now, uh, moving forward, mm-hmm. what other pro-life legislation has the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference been working on this year? You know what? We're really happy. Um, the week that SB three, Senate Bill three, was sent to the governor. Um, we did have a couple other bills that, um, that we advocated on that, that were sent to the governor as well. Uh, one of those is actually a bill by Representative Jesse Topper, yes. um, House Bill 1139. You know, it's an interesting bill. It expands upon an existing law. And here's what it does. It, 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 it recognizes that when some women have a child, uh, they're scared. They don't know what to do. They don't think they can take care of the child. And Sadly, we hear story after story of these poor, innocent children found in dumpsters and alleys. Mm. So we worked with Representative Topper, and what he did was he expanded current law to allow for incubators to be placed at EMS facilities and, and most importantly, fire departments. Okay. So it's not a mandate, but the fire departments can say, yes, you know, we'll, we'll take one of these incubators. Now, right now... Um, the law provides that these incubators can be at police stations, they can be at hospitals, but but the you know the the type of a of a situation where a, a woman may feel you know I can't I need to abandon this child she's she may not feel comfortable going to a police station here. Right, she right. may not feel comfortable going to a hospital or she may not especially in rural areas hospitals can sometimes be you know uh, few and far between. Right. All communities have their local fire department. Right. right? So this allows a woman. Um, uh, without having to, to give up anything about her identity, to put the child in an incubator um, as soon as that happens. 
it sets off a, a, a message so that people from the fire department will come in and take that child uh, to the hospital uh, for care. If they don't respond within a certain amount of time, it automatically dials 911. Oh, that's great. And uh, yeah. ambulance res- responds. Um, it, it, it will save lives. Mm-hmm. And our hats off to all the representatives and all the senators who pushed this through, and they pushed it through quickly. Yeah. Um, so um, our hats off to them for that. Yeah, now, so would you encourage listeners to uh, contact their local fire departments and recommend that they get one of these absolutely. incubators? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that the Knights of Columbus are going to be working on. Oh, great. Uh, Good. You know, with the Knights of Columbus, we uh, have worked, especially within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, for years on raising money and purchasing um, high-resolution ultrasound machines, right. um, uh, which, as you know, when a, a woman is, is considering an abortion and she sees that high-resolution hmm. uh, image of her child, oftentimes she will decide to keep the child. Um, but we'll be raising money as well and um, supporting the placement of these incubators at fire departments. We are working with the uh, Pennsylvania Professional Firefighters Association um, to spread the word on that. Um, so we're really excited about this opportunity. That's great. That's great. Um, now, how does that work, if you don't mind my asking, with the incubators? Is that a cost to the fire department? No, or is no. Is something the no. state provides? Or? Um, it's, it's, it's private dollars. Okay. That, that can go. okay. I mean, the fire department can put in money. Private dollars can be put in. Organizations okay. can put in. Um, it, it leaves it flexible. And if I may, I, I just want to also sure. bring up a couple other resolutions, uh, one by Representative Kulik and another by um, Senator Martin. Um, they're, yeah. they're similar resolutions, and they're wonderful pro-life resolutions. What they do is they they condemn the practice of aborting the child in the womb mm-hmm. simply because that child has been diagnosed in the womb uh, as having Down syndrome. Yeah, you know, yeah. when you look at a child with Down syndrome, you're looking at an angel. Yeah. They really are. They're not going to hurt you. They're not going to grow up to be a murderer. They're right. not going to grow up to be a thief. You know, they're just wonderful wonderful individuals um we we hear you know overseas the recent cbs report shows that i think it was iceland yeah. has effectively wiped out um really eugenics uh right genocide have, have killed off all the individuals with with down syndrome um in in the united states uh, the, the number of people i have talked to that have said you know, my wife and I, or my husband and I, have received a received the diagnosis that our child would have Downs, and we were pressured sure. to have an abortion yeah. by medical professionals. Right. Medical professionals who took a Hippocratic oath to do no do no harm. Right. You know, right. Are, are well, you know, you don't want to deal with this, and it's just wrong. Yeah. It's just flat out wrong. Right. And um, you know what? We're going to join with the disability community, and we're going to protect these these uh, these innocent babies. Um, and we're going to, to take care of them through childhood and through adulthood. People with Down syndrome are living longer and more productive lives than ever. And um, we will fight to our last breath to make sure that they have an opportunity to live. Yep. Because let me ask you something. Right now we can test for Down syndrome. What happens when the tests come out for something like diabetes or breast cancer? Are yep. we going to kill all of those kids right. as well? How many people do we know with diabetes and breast cancer? Are we saying that they should never have existed? Right. I think the right. answer to that is clearly no. It's the same thing with Down syndrome. We're going to get this through. Yep, absolutely. I mean, 
uh, you know, redheads, you yes. know, male pa- pattern baldness. That's right. <laughs> you know, it, it, the list can go on and on of the yes. things that yes. of the path this could lead us down. So, so. as Matt says, uh, male pattern baldness, he's he's pointing to hit his head <laughs> and mine. Just so, I was so. not pointing to your head. <laughs> my Come little on now. my little bald spot there. So thanks. <laughs> I was not pointing to your head. Come on, Eric. <laughs> so moving forward now yeah. in 2018. Mm-hmm. I know it's an election year, which yeah. kind of puts a crimp on doing a whole lot legislatively, but what does the PCC have on its agenda for pro-life in, in 2018? You know, we have a lot. Everything from tackling some poverty issues, from tacking, uh, tackling homeless issues, um, to protecting the, the children with Down syndrome. Um, you know, these, these are all initiatives that, um, that we have launched in, in 2017, and we'll be launching um, you know, renewed launches in 2018 and expanding upon some of them. Um, we have a couple of different major initiatives uh, on the pro-life front um, and uh, on a front to protect children. And we're, we're building coalitions right now on those. We'll be announcing those very shortly. That's good. Um, but we're very excited about it. We have strong legislative support going into 2018 uh, to tackle these issues. Right. The beautiful thing is some of these resolutions that uh, we're looking at don't even have to go to the governor. They can be uh, voted on by the by the legis- le- legislature, legislature, which we have yep. strong pro-life majorities. Yep. Um, and, 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 I, and I'll just add, not to interrupt you, Matt, but no. we have four states in the nation right now that have banned uh, selective abortions based on a Down syndrome diagnosis. Yep. Um, two of those states, there there's some legal issues going on, but they were omnibus pro-life bills. Uh, and what I mean by omnibus is they dealt with more than just the Down syndrome diagnosis. Um, but states are doing this. States are doing this. Absolutely. So as the PCC and the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation kind of moves forward with its pro-life agenda in 2018, mm-hmm. Eric, what's the best advice you can give to our pro-life advocates across the state who are listening to this program right now mm-hmm. about what they can do to uh, influence their legislators to support the life efforts here in Pennsylvania? You know, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, I am blessed to have all the bishops in the, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that sit us down and say and, and, and push just how important these issues are yeah. for pro-life. Um, it can, it can, it's easy to get frustrated sometime <laughs> when we advocate on pro-life issues, but, but, uh, let me tell you this, our legislators need to hear the truth. We, we, we sprinkle those seeds. Some of them will take root in rocky ground, but, but some will find fertile soil and we, we should never, ever give up. We spread the seeds. Um, we tell them how we believe. We tell them why we believe it. We do it in a loving Christian way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let me close by saying this. I had a Monsignor, who's actually now a bishop, and I asked him about how do we measure success in the legislature with all of this stuff going on. And he kind of laughed, and he leaned back, he looked me in the eye, and he said, Eric, you know what? I read the last chapter of the good book, and evidently we win. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's just a matter of how we play the game. So pray. Pray not only for our pro-life supporters, but pray for the pro-choice folks as well, for the conversion of their souls. It is their eternal salvation um, and all of our eternal salvations that are literally on the line by the decisions we make in this life um, that will impact us uh, when we pass. Um, 
from this world into uh, in, into God's grace. So let's 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 pray for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to note that um, we are winning. Mm-hmm. We, we are. win in the end, but we're we're on that path. I mean, yeah, if, when you look at the abortion numbers in Pennsylvania and across the country, they continue to to go down. Now, one abortion is too many. One life lost is is too many, and uh, uh, we are not going to rest. And I know uh, PCC is not going to rest until that abortion number is zero. Uh, but the the fact is, every year uh, we are saving more and more lives of babies. More and more abortion centers, like the uh, Harrisburg Hillcrest Abortion Center, uh, are closing. Um, and the the more we can spread that truth, we can plant those seeds. The more the more lives will be saved, um, and and the more good that will be done. And and so, saving them and taking care of them, please. Yes. If you talk to people, tell them, you know. We're not just asking women to give birth to these children and abandoning them. They have options. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Catholic Charities, uh, one of the largest adoption uh, groups in the in the state. If they don't, or they, or they don't feel as though they can they can keep their babies, we have the incubator programs. We provide diapers. We provide formula. We yep. provide education voucher. I mean, we do we do everything to help these children and these families and these mothers. Um, uh, and counseling for the for the fathers to come in and become uh, strong fathers with them, um, to really taking care of, of everybody through all stages of their life. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny sometimes I hear the argument, well, you're not really pro-life, you're just pro-birth. Right, and that's um, just not true. But the reality is our pro-life pregnancy centers across the state and, and across the country are doing more to help not just the babies but their mothers than any abortion center ever will. Absolutely. So, Eric, I want to thank you and thank PCC for all you guys do. Um, well, um, and thank you. It's it's wonderful to be able to partner with such a wonderful organization as uh, the PA Pro-Life Federation. You guys have been in the trenches with us, and um, it's a wonderful partnership. Well, likewise, we feel the same way. Thank you, Eric, for being with us. And I hope everybody uh, ha- has a, a great day. God bless. God bless.